0: Here I'll ask somebody over here. If you had a choice between uh, one dollar and five dollars, I was going to give you, which would you take? Five dollars. Good choice. What if I was going to give you the choice between ten dollars and fifty dollars? What would you take? 50. fifty. That's right. Of course you would, because we all operate under the assumption that uh, it's always better to have more. And, you know, that if you have more money than you really need, well, it's, it's not really going to hurt you. But Jesus really challenges that idea, you know, that there there can be real spiritual danger in money. As Jesus says in the Gospels, it is easier for a, a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into heaven. Or as uh, St. Paul says, the love of money is the root of, of all evil. Now, why is that? So our readings today really kind of show how money, how money can lead us into sin. So the first reading from the book of Amos, we've got these guys, they're businessmen. So of course, a businessman's job is to make money. There's nothing wrong with that. But they love money, right? They love money so much that it is corrupting their hearts. First of all, has corrupted their attitude towards God. It says, uh, they say, when will the Sabbath be over so that we can make money, right? Like, like, yeah, let's God give God his due, get him done so that we can go back to the real business of life, which is making money. And it's corrupted their heart also towards their, um, their neighbor, right, they cheat, they fix their scales so that they can get more money because, you know, that's what the real goal is. It's so bad that they are even cheating and so really stealing from the poor. They say, we'll, we'll buy the lowly one for silver and the poor for sandals. So you see how their love of money has really corrupted their hearts and led them into these sins. Now, the, the parable that Jesus tells in the gospel today of the dishonest steward really is the same idea, but from the other perspective, This dishonest steward is not so much that he's greedy, uh, that he loves money in that sense, but he is afraid of being without money. When he learns that he's going to lose his job and uh, he might have to go do hard labor or beg or basically be poor, right? He's so afraid of being without money that what does he do? He is led into sin. He cheats his master, right? So. It, whether it, whatever disordered attitude we can have towards money, whether it's we're too greedy towards it, or we're afraid to be without it, money can very easily leave a, lead us into sin. The wealth of this world can lead us into sin. So then. Wh- what does that mean for us as the followers of Jesus? How are we supposed to respond to this temptation against, uh, uh, from money? You know, Jesus himself, of course, um, was around money. Sometimes we forget that although Jesus was poor, he intentionally lived a life of poverty, there was still money around. Uh, You may remember that Judas was the one who carried the money for the band of apostles. Again, that doesn't give us like a real lot of hope for how money affects our spiritual life. Uh, But Jesus had money, he had to deal with money. We also have to deal with money. What's the right way to do that? We want to rely on what is called the evangelical council of poverty. Now, what's an evangelical council? That means basically like gospel recommendations. It's not a law, right? Uh, We heard in our opening prayer today about the two greatest laws, the love of God and the love of neighbor. Can you go to heaven without loving God and loving neighbor? Absolutely not. They are commands. We must do them. Can you go to heaven without living a life of poverty? Yes, you can. That's why it's just a recommendation. But it gives us real advantage real advantage in the spiritual battle against greed and the the disordered desire towards money. And so Jesus was poor. We want to, in some way, be poor. Now, most of us are maybe not called to be poor in the literal way that Jesus was. Maybe some of us are. Some of us might be being called to the religious life, take a vow of poverty, or maybe you're uh, a widow or a widower or someone who's just gonna be single your whole life Maybe you are being called by God to live a kind of life of poverty. But for the most of us who have families, we can't live literal poverty, but we can still use the evangelical counsel of poverty to really get to the right attitude about our things. Let's look at St. Francis of Assisi. He, of course, was the great example of how to love poverty. He loved poverty. And, uh, but there's an interesting story about St. Francis. So it goes like this. One day, St. Francis was carving out a wooden bowl as he was praying. And he was carving and carving. And then all of a sudden, his disciples were you know, around doing their own things. All of a sudden, he took that wooden bowl and he flung it into the fire. And they're like, what are you doing? And he was like, that wooden bowl was distracting me from my prayers. I was too caught up in trying to get this wooden bowl the way I wanted. And I wasn't really praying. So what did I do with that wooden bowl? I got rid of it. It was a distraction to me, I got rid of it. But shortly after that, uh, a rich count who uh, lived nearby, he came to St. Francis and he said, I want to give you like hundreds of acres of land with this big mountain on it called Mount Alverno. And St. Saint, Saint Francis loved this mountain. In fact, this was eventually the mountain where he received the stigmata. So he would go up there and pray to God. So you might think St. Francis would be like, I don't want all this land. I live in poverty. But that's not what St. Francis did. He said, yes, I will take that land because I love this mountain. It is a place that brings me closer to God. See, So you see the, the difference there. St. Francis had no trouble using the things of the world if they brought him closer to God. But if it was something that distracted him from God, even something as simple as a wooden bowl, he would get rid of it. That is how it's got to be in our lives, too. That is how we can all live the evangelical counsel of poverty. If it's something good, if it's something that brings us closer to God, then keep it. Use it. That's what God has given it to you for. But if it's something that distracts us from God, what are those things that stand between us and God? Maybe it is, literally for us, our bank account. Maybe we are saving and saving, and that's like our great goal in life, to get our bank account where we want it to be. Is, is, the, is that standing between us and God? Could we give it away if God asked us to? Maybe it's something um, emotionally connected to, you know, you've got that painting that little Susie made when she was in the fourth grade, you know, and if your house burned down after you got your loved ones out, the next thing you'd be getting was that, that painting. Maybe you'd be getting that painting before you got your spouse out, you know. That is a a disordered connection. You're too connected to that thing. If God asked you to give it up, could you? I was thinking about myself, uh, what am I like overly connected to? It's a lot of the times, this is kind of embarrassing to admit, but it's a lot of times it's the things that I have made like essays that I've written, homilies that I've uh, preached. You know, sometimes when I'm not doing anything, I'll like uh, just listen to my own homilies. So it's kind of a prideful thing to do, but uh, I enjoy them, you know? So I thought, well, what could I do? What stands in the way? Uh, You know, we were talking the other day, when we were talking about humility, about sometimes we just need to do acts of humiliation to help us grow in humility. Well, in the same way, I think I would like to challenge us all Let's find some ways that we can, in a practical way, say, "Lord, I'm uh, getting rid of this because it stands in your, in my way uh, between you and me." This is so. I, I found one of my essays that I did on *Moby Dick*, and uh, I del- already deleted it off of my computer. And I printed off this last copy. I'm going to burn it, you know. And I think we should do things like this occasionally, just as a spiritual practice, and say, "You know, Lord." I'm offering this to you. It's a, it's a, I'm letting go of it here because I want to find it again in heaven. That's, that's what it's ultimately all about. If we can't let go of it here, then it's standing in our way. It's standing between us and God, and we need to find ways to let that go. This is a perfectly good dollar bill, you know? We shouldn't be afraid to burn it if it's for God. There's nothing nothing that we should be afraid to get rid of in this life. I hope I don't set off the fire alarm doing this. Anyway, you get the idea. So I challenge you, what are those things? What are those things that we can do uh, on occasion to really just detach ourselves from the things of the world? If we can find a way to do that, we will be living the evangelical council of poverty. And that will bring us closer to Jesus Christ and save us from those corrupting temptations of money, the love of money, and the fear of being without money.